it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Cleared up the right wing, and it's timing into the Seattle zone across the cane. He'll shoot, Evander Kane fires it to the net. It goes five hole, and it's one nothing Edmonton. Adam Larson at the top of the circle, kept in by McDavid. Right wing corner now to Hyman. Behind the net for McDavid. Takes it over to the left, looks in front, goes to Ekholm. His one-timer, and that one was blocked. Hit Yanni Gord. McDavid over to Kane. Scores! Evander Kane makes it 3-1 Oilers. Done. Hacks it to the right wing corner, goes after it. Laid it behind the net. Kulak, nice job to get it to Drysaddle. He'll get it out to Kane. Penalty is over. Kane in over the line on the left side. He'll shoot. Scores! The hat-trick goal for Evander Kane. Off the post and in. The Oilers are up 5-3. Evander Kane scores early in the first period, early in the second period, and midway through the third as the Edmonton Oilers score a 6-4 road win over the Seattle Kraken. So the Oilers have won seven of their last nine. They bump up their record to 39-23 and eight on the season. Third place in the Pacific Division. Now three points up on Seattle. It's five o'clock. Hope you're having a great Saturday along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford. Overtime open line. So Kane finishes. Hyman, McDavid, Yamamoto also scored, Rob. And a big story in this game, the shots were 37-23 for Seattle. Skinner stops 33 out of 37. Both goalies played for the Kraken. Jones stopped 3 out of 13. Grubauer only stopped 3 out of 10. Yeah, uh, the biggest issue for the Seattle Kraken this year has been uh, below average goaltending. And we saw it early in the game. First shot on net, Evander Kane. Kane's got a good shot. He, he likes to get it off quick. Smart play. But he, he beats Grubauer. It wasn't a good goal. And now you're a team that I believe Seattle started with the first five shots on net and had a good play. And now you're trailing because your goalie didn't make a save. You start to fight back. Uh, and then the next, the first shot of the second period, in first shot on Jones, in uh, Connor McDavid, who is a pretty good hockey player, but you can't give up the goal that they gave up to McCabe, uh, McDavid on the power play. Again, a bad goal. So uh, Seattle has a lot of very good things about their team, but the one thing you cannot overcome or rarely overcome is poor goaltending. And this is a game that Seattle, for a lot of part of it, was the better team. Uh, they created a number of chances. They scored four goals. Again, that's not. this was not a good game for the Edmonton Oilers defensively. Skinner played well. There was a couple posts, a bounce puck on a, uh, a completely wide open net for Jordan Eberle, and Seattle still scored four goals. So the, the Oilers aren't going to be happy with the, the defensive effort they had, but they're going to be happy they got two points and now have pushed the Seattle Kraken a little further behind in the standings. The first star of tonight's game is at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Here's Evander Kane. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, obviously nice to help uh, contribute to, uh, to an important win obviously um, big points up with the uh, division so tight and um, like I said I've been in and out of the lineup uh, with injuries all year so uh, just trying to get into some rhythm uh, heading into the playoffs and tonight definitely helps out. Did you feel a kind of a game like this coming on in the sense you were feeling more comfortable having to deal with the being on and off? The yeah, I think, you know, I just uh, getting opportunities, put myself in positions to get uh, to get pucks, um, shooting the puck uh, more. I, you know, I only had three shots tonight. You know, I want to, you know, I'm a volume shooter, so I think... Uh, 
get more shots, you know, gives you a better opportunity to put more pucks in the net. So I think uh, just continuing to have that mindset of shooting the puck. You said being in and out of the lineup is something you've been dealing with, but yet you've had these multi-point, multi-goal games all year. So how do you balance being in and out of the lineup, but yet being that productive? Uh, well, I mean, that's part of my job is to, to be productive uh, for this group. I mean, obviously we have two of the best players in the world, but, uh, you know, they can't... Uh, they can't carry a team and, 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 and win a championship. You know, you need everybody pulling their weight. And, you know, recently we've gotten some really good uh, depth scoring uh, from the bottom half of our lineup. That's uh, been huge in some of our wins lately. And, um, you know, you need everybody going uh, down the stretch here and in the postseason. And along those same lines, I mean, how do you describe what it's like being in such a chaotic conference? Because, yes, you've seen the West be chaotic before, but it seems like in this conference, one week you could be leading a division, the next you're in a wild card spot. Yeah, it's... Uh uh, this is probably the tightest I've seen it with uh, respect to the entire conference, both divisions, where you can literally be in first place in the Western Conference or you can be in a wild card spot within a matter of a week. So, um, you know, it's still tight. Uh, there's still uh, very important games on the stretch left to be played. And um, I think it's a great opportunity for our group to enjoy that, uh, that type of challenge and get you ready for the postseason. You guys were out shopping, not out scored. Can you speak to capitalizing on the chances that you guys did have? Today? Yeah, they, they had some uh, some good moments where they pushed and, and had some zone time. Um, obviously, Stewie made some big saves uh, down the stretch there and, and early on in the game too uh, to, to keep us uh, with that lead. You know, I think it was a good job. Every time they scored, we, we were able to answer back, and I think uh, that's a sign of a good hockey team. Okay, that is Evander Kane gets the hat trick as the Oilers beat Seattle 6-4. Rob and I have the Golden Bears game on one of our screens here, and they have just scored to go up 2-0 on UPEI early in the second period. Is that a 5-on-3 power play? Yeah, It was a 5-on-3 power play, backdoor, wide open net. Matt uh, Fontaine, the captain, gets the goal, and Eric Florchuk scored 23 seconds into the game. Those of you referenced, Rob, we were trying to watch both as much as we could. P.I. didn't play bad in the first period. Uh, but they now, actually outshot you, of eight, yeah. I think, 8-6 to six in the first period, but you can't give good teams power plays. You certainly can't give them 5-on-3s. U of A is a good hockey club. And the winner is going to play UNB in the final. They beat Q, uh, UQTR 6-3 earlier today. Okay, so you can chime in on this Oilers game. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. So Kane gets the, uh, the hat trick. Yamamoto gets a goal. McDavid scored a power play goal. Hyman gets his 30th. And uh, Rob... Great season for a lot of Oilers players. So this is the first time since 1989-90 the Oilers have had four 30-goal scorers. Messier had 45, Anderson had 34, Curry had 33, and Tikkanen had 30. So Pretty good names. Yeah. This is, uh, well, the Oilers are an offensive juggernaut. Uh, they are. Yeah. Uh, there's, it's a team that doesn't need as many opportunities as the opposition because they got guys that can finish. Uh, high, they all score them differently. You got Kane is a guy that can score off the rush. He can score in the slot. Uh, Hyman's a guy that's in the blue paint where he gets all his goals. Everything that McDavid does is pretty. And then obviously Leon's got the one-timer and can shoot from distance. So uh, they can beat you a number of different ways. And the one thing, it, the Oilers aren't going to be happy with the way they play tonight. Mm -hmm. But if you're a fan of the Oilers, you like the fact that the Oilers can have an off night and still win. I mean, they had an off night and scored six goals. That, that's a pretty good off night. There's teams that takes two, three games to score six goals. So uh, there's things that the Oilers coaching staff will address. I'm sure we're going to hear Jay Woodcroft talk about it. We got Connor McDavid not happy with the team's effort today. Uh, so it, you're happy you got two points. And as a coach, you're happy because you got some teaching moments to a team that's still excited about the fact they got two points and moved a little bit further ahead of the Kraken in the standings. Well, and, and we talked about it after both periods, that the Kraken were very dogged on the puck, and if, if the Oilers got the puck in the defensive zone, they didn't back off and say, okay, we got to get back in the neutral zone. They kept pressuring. A lot of turnovers for Edmonton between the top of the circle and their defensive blue line, so Seattle circled back in and got second chances. And Rob... Like so much of the, a lot of times, if a team allows a lot of goals, mm -hmm. and, and and you might say, okay, well they didn't defend well. To me, that's not always the case because sometimes there's 
poor defending and sometimes there's not having to defend because you didn't you didn't turn the puck over i mean did the oilers defend poorly against the leafs or did they just give toronto the puck oh. in, in in the kill zone yes. right and i and i think that I, I don't know if the oilers defended poorly tonight but seattle was able to keep coming in because Edmonton wasn't getting the puck out efficiently. Well, yeah, and a lot of coaches will tell you that's part of defense is when you have the puck in your own zone, not no, getting enough. Out. But, but yeah, but uh, on some of those, there were some poor defense. The defending Borkstrand's goal, uh, the Oilers had guys back. It was a three-on-four, and three Oilers, uh, Drysaddle, Boucher, and I can't remember the third fort, all went to one guy. Borkstrand standing by himself in front of the net. That's poor defending. On the last goal that uh, the f- the fourth goal that Seattle scored, McDavid or excuse me, Drysaddle gets beat at the point, and all of a sudden there's a Seattle Kraken player by himself in front of the net. That's poor defending. So today I think the Oilers were guilty of just playing poor defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just they didn't have the the dedication or the discipline defensively that we've seen in the past. And sometimes that happens when the puck's going in a little easier at the opposite end. You know you're going to score five or six, so maybe you're a little lax in your own zone. So uh, this was a game that, as an Oilers fan, you're excited. They moved up in the standings. As an Oilers fan, you've got a little worries like, okay, wait a second. This can't be creeping into the game, not this time of year. Uh, Fortunately for the Oilers, they got a couple games against lower-seeded teams coming up uh, that – they can somehow straighten their game out because the way they played tonight, the Oilers wouldn't have beat a Colorado. They wouldn't have beat an LA. They wouldn't have beat a Vegas. Uh, they just were not, they were not dealt. And this was not the team that we saw in Boston beating Toronto at home. This was a different team tonight. It was a team that we saw earlier in the season. There, there's some things they're going to want to fix before next game. All right, but the Oilers do get the uh, 6-4 win. It, it, I find it really interesting too. I mean, I, I even think... In the last, well, certainly the 10 years you and I have, have worked together, the pace of the game has increased. Um, I think coaches and players have adapted to some of the rule changes we saw out of the lockout or when three-on-three overtime was put in. You know, there's been no red line for, I mean, a generation or two of players. But I, I remember, you know, Sid Smith, our former boss here, we, we were sitting there one day, and, and he said he, he remembered this interview he heard with with Clark Gillies, remember, who played for yep. the Islanders, and then the last couple of years of his career, he played with Buffalo. And there was this story that after his first period with Buffalo, he stood up in the dressing room and said, I don't know what it's been like here, but where I come from, nobody leaves the zone until the puck does. And then he sat down. <laughs> but But now... That's not the case because if a team wins a faceoff, oh, they're flying. The they're zone. they're flying the zone because they're trying to pull at least one defenseman out. And and same thing, as soon as it's a turnover, you know, I'd say, okay, let's make sure we usher the puck out first. It's like we got to fly. So then, if it's turned over, like we're talking about, mm-hmm. now there aren't as many guys back. Well, it used to be, the the onus was on the wingers, the high wingers, to get the puck out at at the blue line. But now the onus is on the guy with the puck to get it past the defenseman to the wingers that are already past the blue line. It's because of the the, the no red, ri- red line. You can fire the puck up much better. The players are much better. If you go back and look at my generation, how a defenseman moved the puck as opposed to this generation, how a defenseman moves the puck. used to be you'd have one guy in every team. My, my team in Pittsburgh, we had Paul Coffey. He could snap a pass 90 feet tape to tape. But the rest of the group wasn't able to. Now you look at the Oilers, and tonight DeHarnay carries the puck around that. He's their he's their seventh defenseman, supposedly came up from the minors. He wound around the net, got the puck, took it out of the boards, and fired a puck tape to tape to Kane on the far side. So this is a, a six foot seven defensive defenseman that's capable of doing that. Yeah, it is a completely different game nowadays. Uh, teams found a way to defend really, really well. So coaches they get their videos okay how can we break these four checks all right we're going to send our defense our wingers high up the boards now if we go off the glass or we fired up the middle in a little deflection we've got it beat uh so the downside when you don't get the puck out as you said now you're you're there's an odd man break going the other way the game in toronto vinny darnay doesn't get the puck out odd man break mcleod well doesn't get the puck out breakaway for Marner. So that's the onus now is on the player with the puck on a stick to get it into a good area. That is our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. The Oilers win 6-4 in Seattle. Uh, Golden Bears were just on a two-man advantage, couldn't score. Now they have the tail end of the 
the other power play. I, I, I didn't see the, the penalty that made well, it, it five on a, three, but the one that made it five on four, I mean, the, the UPA guy, I wonder if they're getting frustrated, just took a bear guy down in the neutral Well, zone. the five on three penalty was, a, I thought it was a bad call. The puck was in the air, and the PEI guy swung, hit the puck out of the air, and as he did it, his follow-through hit the U of A bear, Golden Bears in the face high stick. Oh, they may but, not have, I don't know if they have the follow-through oh, or not. May, okay, they maybe might they not. don't. Yeah. If they don't, well, then the ref made a good call, but... Oh. Short hat at two on one. Ethan Kruger makes the save for the Golden Bears. We'll keep you updated on that one. Two nothing Bears. Six minutes and fifteen seconds into the second period, as uh, the Oilers get to five tonight. Six four over Seattle. I got to quit saying tonight. This afternoon, the Japanese Village Goal Light is on on six thirty Ched.com. Head there now. Print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location, thirty nine seventy five Calgary Trail. Skinner. You know, gives up four on 37 shots. So, you know, okay save percentage. But, I again, I thought he was good. He was he was steady. Um, once the Oilers got up 3-1, Seattle kept fighting back, mm-hmm. but he never gave them the one that actually pulled it even. And, and as he said, there was a lot of action around his net because Empton wasn't that clean in their own end. Well, to put it simple, if the team switched goaltenders, Seattle would have won this game, would have won the game. Because Skinner was that much better than both Kraken goaltenders tonight or this afternoon in this game. I mean, the fourth goal came with 40 seconds to go. At that point, the the game was out of hand. So when the game was, you know, in hand, Skinner made saves that he had to make and, and looked very good in doing it. Uh, he's probably going to finally get a bit of a break this coming week. I imagine Campbell will play one of the next two games. Because uh, they want to have uh, Skinner play the bulk, but they also want to have him rested for the playoffs. Stuart Skinner's your playoff goalie, unless something drastic happens between now and then. Uh, and games like this, where the team's not good in front of him, and he makes the big save. That was the difference in the game. When a save was needed tonight, the Oilers got the save. The Seattle Kraken didn't. 6 4, the Oilers. Take it tonight. Couple other uh, notes here. So McDavid is the the second. Kane was the first star. McDavid the second star. Schwartz on the uh, NHL game sheet the third star. McDavid's up to 134 points. Drysaddle three assists. He's up to 104 points. And Matthias Ekholm with three assists tonight. He, uh, was, he was actually on for some goals against tonight, <laughs> which has been rare because he wound up even. But uh, again, he's been outstanding. Uh, and the goals that he was on for, he had there was nothing to do or no bearing on what he did out there. Uh, he, he's good. He again, and no nobody is perfect. No one makes the right play 100% of the time. And Ekholm has turned the puck over a couple times. But Ekholm is a smart hockey player. Once, it's, once it leaves the stick and he realizes, okay, that's in a bad area or that's getting knocked down, he automatically attacks. And he doesn't never compounds the error. So if he makes a mistake, he's very quick to remedy that mistake. Some players, they make a mistake, then it becomes a comedy error as they try to fix it. And they make a second mistake and a third mistake. Ekholm is a guy that doesn't get flustered. Uh, another excellent hockey game. And the Oilers... They probably have a 1A and a 1B when it comes to defensive pairings. Nurse and CeCe have been their top pairing all year long. Ekholm and Bouchard have played so well as uh, of late. Now you got two top pairings, and that makes for a very effective hockey club. But Ekholm was good. Drysaddle was good in this game. Uh, again, the, we talk about Leon, and he gives more than he gets when it comes to physicality <laughs> and um, dirty <laughs> dirty shots. There was a few cross-checks tonight, that, and he was going back and forth with was it will will borden is that borgen he went after him time and time again and then the one time borgen tries to run him dry took the hit the Oilers scored and then dry did not stop talking all the way to the bench and he went very close to the seattle bench to make sure he let them know that yeah you can hit me but i still made you guys pay all right the oilers get the 6-4 win lokesh is also a winner of a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line at one and a half goals for the Oilers in the first 10 minutes of the game. This is because they got four in the first 10 minutes in Seattle in December. They just got the Kane goal a minute 35 into the contest, so Lokesh wins, taking the under, set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. We'll get more post-game reaction, and uh, give us a ring if you like, 780-496-0063. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 
Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Dunn will get it to the line, off of McDavid, it stays in. Dunn with another chance. Tries the left side, got it out. But here's at center. Into the Oiler end, taken out by CeCe. What a hit by CeCe. He crunched Matty Beniers, and the puck's in out to the neutral zone. Cody CC delivers the crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Oilers crunch the crack in 6-4. Evander Kane gets a hat trick. So the Oilers win three out of the four meetings with Seattle this season. We'll get to Jay Woodcroft in a couple of minutes. First, a uh, couple calls here. We got Sir Robert on the Certainty Hotline. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, obviously, you know, as much as as much as I'm happy with the win, the Oilers, and obviously, and you know, and I know, and I know it's been said today they were they weren't great. I don't even think they were average. But but I mean, the, to me, at the at the same time, in saying that, I'm happy with the fact that they were able to win with their, I guess, well, I would call it their C game, because I mean, teams that are teams that want to become elite find ways to win when they're not when they're not playing the greatest. The Oilers, I've I've said this. I don't think they're there yet. I believe that I believe they will get their Skinner again. I don't think he was great, but but again, as a, as a, as you guys said, Skinner, uh, he did not give up the uh, back-breaking goal. Maybe 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 if Seattle ends up tying it, maybe the outcome's different. And obviously, Kane. It was nice to nice to see him uh, score three, get a trick. Now, in my opinion, I believe the Oilers can can catch Vegas. Whether or not they will, I don't know. I believe they can. I believe in order to do that, they're going to have to win a minimum of of nine out of twelve, maybe ten. Well, sir, Robert, uh, the, the, I, I think the Oilers will catch Vegas. I it's whether or not they catch the L.A. Kings. I think the L.A. Kings are the team to catch in the Pacific Division. I think both the Oilers and the L.A. Kings are going to catch Vegas. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well. Uh, uh, thanks a lot, guys. Okay, Enjoy appreciate it, Robert. Yeah, so the Oilers up to 86 points. Vegas has 90, LA has 89, and Seattle with 83. So that's the top four in the Pacific. We also have Andrew on the line. Hey, Andrew, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys, I'm just, uh, I'm just wondering how, how does this team go from being? They, they look unbelievable against the Dallas Stars, and then we go into a game where it's it's uh, it's a fairly important game, and and I believe we're the better team by far, and we have a performance like that. Like oh, I don't think I don't think you look I don't think you look too big into it. Some te- sometimes no. you have a good game, sometimes you don't. I mean, the Oilers are on a stretch right now where they're what 17-5-5 five and five or something silly like that. They've won seven and nine. Not every game is a Picasso. I, to me, I looked nothing into it. They they won a hockey game. They didn't play their best, and sometimes that happens. So, to me, I don't look at any negative out of this. Uh, for the most part, since Christmas, they've been very, very good, and I think that's all you really look at. All right, Oilers win 6-4 in Seattle. Let's go back to Climate Pledge Arena. Here is Jay Woodcroft. I like the way we started periods today. Um, you know, we did some good things special teams-wise today. Um, you know, it's a tough building. They're a good team. They have four lines that can all score. And uh, in the end, we found a way to get the two points in a tough building. So we'll take them and move on. You had a tough year from an injury perspective. How nice to see him have a game like that. Happy for him. Happy for him. He's, uh, you know, obviously he's a warrior. He plays through injuries. Um, you know, he's just getting up and running again, just you know, because of his injuries and and whatnot. It's kind of been a start and stop season for him. Um, but he's been all around the puck in any game that he's played. And uh, for three to go in for him tonight, I was happy. For him to have that kind of sort of start and stop season, what do you think has been the key to him having games like this, where he can have these multi-point games and show it's, hey, this is a team that has a lot of 
scoring depth. Yeah, well, he's ultra-talented. He's a star in this league. And, um, you know, for him, it's just a matter of getting kind of up and running again, getting the engine going. We can't forget we're at game 70 in the NHL season, too. So he's he's stepping back in when the game's at its fastest right now. So, um, you know, I think he's played like an average of 19 minutes or so since he's come back. And uh, as I said, he's been all around it. And I was happy that he potted three today. So along those same lines, you talk about it being late in the season. So yeah. how do you manage what's been a chaotic conference where in one week you could literally go from leading the division to being in a wild card or, you know, somewhere else? Yeah, so what we do um, in Edmonton is we try and focus on our daily process. Uh, we don't standings watch. We don't uh, get all, tie ourselves in knots with who won last night and who didn't win and where does that mean for us? We just want to be the best we can be on that, that day and take care of that day's business. And um, I think by having that type of mindset, um, you don't spend a lot of energy worrying about things beyond your control. You worry about what is in your control. And tonight our job or task was to get two points in a tough building, and we were able to do that. So four points means nothing. What's that? So the four-point swing you weren't thinking about. Oh, I wasn't thinking about that at all. I just wanted us to play well and continue to build our game. And, um, you know, we walked out here with the two points. That's all I worried about today. Did you think that uh, Zach having a couple of games just to kind of recover from the yeah. length of the season showed today yeah you know what you know he's he just had some uh, lingering stuff uh, that was bugging him and and um, you know he's had good numbers versus Seattle uh, on the year um, but I just thought uh, you, you know when he came up to me yesterday yesterday and said I'm in I was quite pleased um, but sometimes when you play as hard as he does you're a warrior we'll use that term for Evander Kane but also Zach Hyman when you're a warrior like that, you accrue some bumps and bruises during a long grind of an 82-game schedule, and um, you know, in the end, uh, he played today and was a big factor in our win. Skinner faced a lot of shots, but what do you need to do to get you guys home? Yeah, I mean, it was excellent today. Uh, I thought there were moments when they hemmed us in. That's part of the way they play. You gotta give them credit. They do a lot of really good things, um, and they're an offensive team. So uh, you're not gonna be perfect defensively all the time. That's why you need a goaltender, and he made some big saves when called upon. Good thanks. All right, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 6-4 road win against the Seattle Kraken as uh, the Oilers' road record now up to 21-11-3 on the season. Uh, still 2-0 Bears. This is just a, uh, a power play festival. Mostly the, the Bears on the power play. and uh, It's been a very... Poor, disciplined, dumb game by the Prince Al or Prince Edward Island team as they have taken dumb penalty after dumb penalty. And I told you off air that at first you can blame it on the players for being too jacked up and being playing silly, but eventually it's on the coach for allowing it to continue. They're in. I mean, the winner of this team goes to the national championship, and they're not giving themselves a very good chance because this is at least the sixth or seventh. U of A Golden Bear power play we've seen in every penalty I've seen so far has been dumb. 2 nothing Bears, uh, six minutes left in the second period. they got to extend the lead here, though. So True. P.I. doesn't stick around. All right, Oilers win 6-4. That is a $600 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They're filling the net, 100 bucks to Santa's every time the Oilers score. We have Russ on the Certainty Hotline. Russ, go ahead. Hi, guys. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, just had a comment about news. I wanted to do a shout-out. Another perfect pass, you know, right to the tape. And years ago, like, I don't usually watch basketball, but when Steve Nash, you know, was winning MVPs, I thought, like, what makes this guy tick? So I was watching basketball. And that guy was chest passing, left hand, back hand, I mean, right hand, bounce passes right to the shooting. But Nuge, that's what he's like. He reminds me of Steve Nash. Like he, he's just a Steve Nash for the Oilers. His passing is so precise, and I don't think it's talked about much because look at that tonight. That had to be right there, and at every game, you see he makes these precision plays that are just like on the tape, and guys just rifle it in the net. And you, sometimes it has to be there, otherwise it's just a foot off, and like you just waste those milliseconds yeah. that you yeah. need. You, you know, know what? You know what the biggest similarity between Nash, and, and I'm a huge Steve Nash fan, biggest okay. similarity between him and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 
they see the game the same way. Ryan Nugent Hopkins sees the game yeah. very, very well. Yeah. His hockey IQ would be kind of like Steve Nash's basketball IQ. Right. Like, uh, I thought that you guys might agree. They're even from the same part of the world, right? Like, both from around BC. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. Steve yeah. Nash might be just a tad older. Steve Nash is a little older, but well, yeah. Well, they're great. older. But, I mean, they even have the same demeanor. I mean, it, it's just it's just wonderful to see him get it this year because, like, I've been down on him a lot, and I'm just so glad to see you know, the guy having a great year. Yeah. Thanks, Russ. We appreciate it. We still got uh, John and Rocket and Douglas in the batting order on the Certainty Hotline. Oilers win 6-4 over the Kraken. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Back to the blue line for Schultz. To Eberle off the left wing, out into the slot. Gord will shoot it. Glove save made by Skinnery. Holds onto it. Yanni Gord with a one-timer from the left side, but in the high slot. Okay, that is our save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Good performance by Stuart Skinner. He gets the win. He's 22-14-4 on the season. Stop 33 today. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown for Heartland Fort. Overtime, open line. 780-496-0063. John giving us a call this afternoon. John, go ahead. Guys, um, I thought it was a, a great game. Um, I was... I was kind of wondering, Rob, if you could give me uh, us some insight. You know, we often criticize players for not hitting the net mm-hmm. when they take their shot. Like, how difficult is that, really? I'm, 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 you know, yelling at the TV all the time, you know, hit the net. If you don't score, at least you're going to get a good bounce off the goalie and get possibly another chance. Well, it it depends where they are on the ice. Uh, When you're shooting from distance, uh, the opposition is trying to get into shooting lanes. So as a a player, you're told to get it past the first defender. So if you're, Mm -hmm. say, Bouchard at the point, the guy that's coming out to block the shot, the winger, Bouchard's first job is to get it by that guy. Just get it by him, and then we'll worry about where the puck goes. If you're in the slot, there's going to be guys trying to get in the shooting lane. Get it by him, because the last thing you want is a shot blocked. So if you get it past the first defender, the first line of defense, well, then you've had some success. As for when you get in tight and you're trying, maybe it's just you and the goalie, the goalies are big, and it's hard to find a spot to shoot. It's hard to see netting. So sometimes you're trying to pick a corner, and sometimes guys try to get too fine. And try to they're trying to go bar down instead of just putting in an area. The best goal scorers are guys that just mainly shoot for an area. Leon Drysdale on his one-timer, he's not trying to go bar down. He's simply shooting for an area. He's hitting the net, and whenever he hits the net, it goes in. So the best shooters, the best goal scorers, they pick an area. The guys that don't get those chances very often, sometimes they just feel they have to be a little too precise, and that's why you see them missing the net. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating for coaches when you get a grade-A scoring chance and the guy misses the net, now you have no second opportunity with the rebound. All right. Uh, well, and today the Oilers just... They just didn't shoot because they didn't have well, the puck. Well, the, they didn't have the puck, but, I, I mean, today, with the way especially Grubauer's playing, just hit the net. Uh, yes. Uh, the goaltending was terrible. Seattle's goaltending was terrible today. And it started... And this is what's deflating for a team and why you give some credit to the Kraken. The, fir- they were, the Kraken had a great start to this game. And the very first shot on net, which uh, Kane scored on, to me that's a B-grade type of scoring shot. Oh, I mean, for sure. It, it, that's not A-grade. And not only did it beat Grubauer, it beat him clean. That's one he has to have. And that's frustrating for your team. And it's frustrating more so because for Seattle, it's happened all season long. If Stuart Skinner were to let a bad goal in early in the game, it wouldn't deflate the Edmontoners because they know that Stuart Skinner's been excellent. But when it's a goaltender that continuously has bad games or, or bad goals going game after game after game uh eventually it deflates a team because you're doing your job and unfortunately your goaltender hasn't been able to do his it very well all right we'll go to douglas as well seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three douglas go ahead oh yeah hi guys i was watching the game and very interesting i was a little bit worried about uh Oilers going in there uh mostly because you guys don't talk about this that much but you know about it because of this, the schedule and everything. So they were away for a, a long time. Then they came back for two games. Now they have one game road trip to Seattle. Well, it's like a holiday there. It's like a beautiful day there today. And, you know, they played a great game, kind of loose. 
I, I agree. But uh, I'm glad they come out of there with the game. I mean, what's it like just going for a one-day road trip uh, it, to it, Seattle? It, the way the players travel nowadays, it doesn't affect them. It, it doesn't. They get on a charter plane. They go into the hotel. As for the good day, they don't notice the good day because they're either in a rink or a hotel. So, yeah. the, and, and when it comes to, I know that Bob Stoffer mentions a lot, it's second and back-to-back, things like that. Players nowadays, that doesn't affect them either. The, these players are in such good shape nowadays that a back-to-back game doesn't, uh, it, it's nothing. It used to affect players because you would travel, you'd fly commercial, there'd be, um, you would have to stop, change planes at certain places. Oh, I, I, I so, remember those days, yeah. yeah. So it, it's completely different. And the players nowadays, compared to my era, I... None of the players in my era were anywhere close to the type of shape these guys are in nowadays. So today, it wouldn't affect them going into Seattle. I, I think, yeah, it, this, I mean, the schedule does affect how teams play. I mean, Shannon said that before uh, Thursday's game, that he, he didn't think maybe Dallas would have their best game, and the Oilers outplayed them. Um, I, a one-off when it's relatively close, I mean, I think they'll be okay, and they don't play again until Monday. And they're back relatively early tonight. The, the ones that I think might be harder, or and they've had a couple of these, where you're away for three or four, you come home for one, and then you're away for three or four more. But all it, all it is is just an extended road trip at that point. Yeah, it's right. not really and they, a home game then, because if you're just coming for one game. They tried to put the Bears in that schedule too, but I hear they're up 2 nothing. so let's go Bears. They used to play for them. They it's just scored 3 nothing. 3 nothing, and this game is over because the PEI team is so dis- undisciplined. It doesn't matter what happens the rest of the game. U of A is going to I understand the way they're playing at home and everything, so they got to win, right? PEI's, yeah, it's PEI's uh, home. They're the host. Yeah, well, I think the energy they had yesterday, a big reason why they upset the Calgary Dinos, but... Uh, yeah, we're we're kind of half watching it, and the PI's yeah, had some too. chances, and they've had the puck, but they've taken some dumb dumb penalties, and we saw the coaches yelling at at the refs, but the penalty was it was a high stick to the face. Yeah. Well, well, look, we're yeah. cheered for the Bears, obviously, but yeah, man, oh man. Carry on, guys. Thanks a lot. Okay, appreciate the call. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oh, I think I I was going to name Ekholm the uh, fourth star tonight for Jandel Homes this afternoon. I keep doing that. Uh, he is the fourth star for Jandel Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Okay, you're going to hear from Yamo and uh, a little more from you as well. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers win six four in Seattle. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. They battle on that left side. Nugent Hopkins gains control. Cycles it, looking for Dreisaitl. That gets broken up, comes back to Nugent Hopkins. Left wing corner for Leon Dreisaitl. Out to Nugent Hopkins on the left side in front. Scores! Kyler Yamamoto! On the feed from Nugent Hopkins, and the Oilers have a 2-1 lead. Okay, Yamo gets his ninth of the season. That's that pass uh, we had a caller talking about, Nugent Hopkins threading it through in front. Oilers going to win 6-4 in Seattle. Here's Yamamoto. Outshot a bit, but not outscored in that one. Can you guys talk about uh, the way you guys were a bit uh, opportunistic with your scoring and really uh, capitalized when it counted? Yeah, um, I mean, we got a lot of good players who can score. Um, you don't t- need too many chances in this locker room, so, you know, it's a good W and we'll take it. For you, what did the goal mean as you, you know, you and others just kind of find their way here late in the season wanting to do whatever you can to help out? Yeah, it's big. Um, you know, like me and Kane, we haven't played too much this year, but uh, anytime we can get on the score sheet, um, you know, find that rhythm, it's, uh, it's good for us. What did you make of the game? Because every time it seemed like you guys were going to be able to pull away, but they, they came back, which is a credit to them and the way the season they've had. Yeah, they're a good team. You know, they got a lot of good players over there. Um, you know, and they find ways to score. Um, you know, they defend hard. So, um, you know, give a lot of props for them sticking in it. But, um, yeah, we, you know, we found a way to win, and, um, you know, it's a big W for us. Can you take us through the play that led to your goal? Oh, yeah, it was a good forecheck. Um, I think Leo gave it to Nuge, and I actually thought Nuge was going to shoot it, um, you know, but it was a great pass, and, um, you know, was able to slide a five-hole. It's a little extra special to score goals here, being kind of close to home. Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit, especially with my parents in, in the stands. Uh, you know, it feels good. Have they been uh, giving you any advice on, on what to do as you look for goals, or are they, they kind of let you do your thing? Dad, every game, shoot the puck. <laughs> well, he was right today. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. It's obviously standings watching season. 
you. They were right behind you coming into this game. How, how big is it to create a little gap there? Oh, it's really big. Um, you know, every game, you know, down the stretch right now is huge for us. Um, you know, we need to keep chipping away and, um, you know, keep finding ways to get these Ws. How did it feel to get hit by Alexiak? <laughs> pretty big dude. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a tough one. Um, you know, it didn't feel too good, but, um, you know, it's part of the game. So, got to keep pushing. All right, that's Kyler Yamamoto. He got drilled by Alexei. I mean, that's a one-foot height difference right there. Oh, at least a one-foot height difference. I, you know, Yamo on that one, when the guy said, how does that feel to get hit? Well, let's go out on the ice. I'll show you how it felt to get hit. What do you mean? It's, the guy's six foot seven. He just ran me through the boards. Obviously, it hurt. Uh, I do like the fact that Yamo, when he talked about his parents what's your dad say shoot more and it's funny <laughs> i don't know a father out there that's ever said you know what kid i think you're shooting too much i think you might want to pass it a little more uh good on yamo's dad talking to him about it nice play by yamamoto there's another guy that you'd love to see the get hot at going down the stretch yeah yamamoto has had stretches with the oilers where everything seems to go in uh he's been better as of late and that one's a simple one hanging out in the blue paint that's where you score goals and it's funny he talked about that Nuge and Hopkins, he goes, I thought Nuge was shooting. So did the goalie. And you could see the goalie flinched, and that's why when it came to Yamamoto, he opened up his legs. Well, and Yamamoto got moved up because they, they switched the lines a little bit because they weren't doing much in the first period. Not that they did much throughout the whole game, but it was a quieter game for Fogle. He only played about 11 minutes. Uh, Yamamoto got over 14. Ottawa just scored, so it's 1-1 Maple Leafs and Senators. Five and a half minutes left in the first. Did you see that goal? It bounced in front of the net. It went about 15 feet up in the air over the goalie's head and bounced on the goal, the goal line and in. No one on the ice saw it except for the goal judge. The scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Also in the first, Canadians and Lightning 1-1. After two, Devils lead the Panthers 2-zip. Several games later, including the Kings home to the Canucks, Calgary will host Dallas. Earlier, Avalanche knock off the Red Wings 4-1. Bruins win 5-2 at Mini. Jets 3-2 in overtime against the Predators. Hurricanes 5-4 in overtime against the Flyers. Sebastian Ajo with the hat-trick scores in overtime, and that was after Carolina scored with one second left in the game to tie it up. Good teams find ways to win. The Carolina Hurricanes are a good team, and they found a way to win against Philadelphia. Oil Kings play at 7 o'clock tonight. Fan Appreciation Night presented in part by 6.30 Chad, 7 o'clock against Lethbridge. Uh, sounds like there's going to be a nice crowd for that one, and they're doing a fun thing. Uh, you get a scratch and win ticket, so you don't have to be, oh, if you're not the first 500 fans, you, you know, you, you, you get something. They've got the Sebastian Cosa bobbleheads. I hope they're not life-size. He's a big <laughs> dude. They'll be hard to carry around. My, my daughter, when she's in an adult uh, pro day program with Losique and St. Albert, and they all went yesterday to the game, and my wife said it was absolutely jammed for the Oil King game last night. And, uh, well, the Bears up 3 nothing after 2, taking on PEI in the semifinal. I, I got a message from somebody. I can't watch the games. They're being streamed so that the final is at, and we're hoping the Bears are going to be there. I hope they're not jinxing them up 3 nothing. 4 o'clock tomorrow is the national championship game. If you go to the U Sports website and, and click on the schedule, you'll find a video link. Uh, so CBC is streaming them. And I think you can also go look on CBC's YouTube page. So you, you, you can watch the, the Bears tomorrow. I think, I think it's You sad. can watch the final tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's sad, though, that the, the national championship game isn't on. Yeah, sports that was carrying them for a while. But I yeah. know, it's too bad. Yeah, I mean, because it is good hockey. And it's the national championship I'd watch. We got Castle Downs Dan on the line. Dan, nice to hear from you. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, first of all, I'd like to offer my sincere condolences to all VPS, the staff, the officers, and their families. And I didn't get to see very much of the game today or hear any of it, but uh, what I saw I liked, and it uh, looks like Stuart Skinner is doing his best Grant Fuhrer uh, imitation. Uh, Skinner was very good again today. Uh, he gives them quality starts night after night. Uh, again, we talked about it last week, Reed and I, that the Oilers are in the position they are right now to battle for the division and conference title because their backup goaltender has been outstanding. Stuart Skinner has come Absolutely. in and, I don't want to say save the season, but he has given them a lifeline in a year where their starting goaltender has had a very, very off year. Exactly. 
exactly. And when they're when they're not playing up to uh, their uh, pedigree, he is giving them a chance to win every game still. Oh, 100%. You need good goaltending to be a good hockey club. And the Oilers, Stuart Skinner has been giving them a good goaltending. Absolutely. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Castle Downs, Dan, thank you very much. Kind words, of course, about EPS and the 50-50 today in support of Wounded Warriors. And the funds raised today will support mental health services benefiting first responders impacted by Thursday's tragedy, as well as the families of uh, Constable Brett Ryan and Constable Travis Jordan. You know where to go. Go to the Oilers' website. Click on that big 50-50 link, the jackpot, $305,000. Brian on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Brian. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I just heard a few comments about the Oilers' play today. A little subpar. Um, sometimes that's the way it goes, but... Uh, wasn't the last time Seattle and Edmonton played, uh, Edmonton kind of blew them out 7-2? Was that the That was last the last time they played in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I would think that there, there's probably some motivation on their part with some ex-Oilers to, uh, you know, to make things a little bit better. So I think that they, they came out pretty hard for sure. A um, couple of questions I have. One question I have is um, uh, playoffs are coming. Stuart Skinner, the backup goalie, is our number one goalie right now. Yeah. What happens? Uh, you know, I'm just putting this up out there as a hypothetical. But what happens if um, he gets injured or something? Who? I, and I know we got Campbell, but who would be the number one backup from Bakersfield? To oh, come Pickard, up? Calvin Pickard, Pickard would who, come had, up. who had a shutout last night. But Jack Jack Campbell would be your starter. If anything happened to Skinner, Jack Campbell would be going in. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. But I'm saying who would you know who would also be. Next in line. Yeah, so Pick, uh, Pickard would be the next guy. Yeah, and he and he's got some NHL experience. He's a veteran goalie. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now one more thing I was going to mention was the scheduling between, and I kind of watch this when the schedule schedule comes out. I know there's not a perfect schedule, but I noticed this year when teams come to Alberta for back-to-backs, Calgary got like way more of the second of back-to-backs than Edmonton did. And when Edmonton got the second of the back-to-back, there was often a, a day off in between for the, the visiting team. I'd like to hear your comments on that. Yeah, I can't remember what the number is, but there have been years where it just leans more one way or the other, just with the, the way that it goes. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what, what the count is, so... It'll change year to year. Yeah, but there have. I remember there was a few years ago. It seemed like a team was always playing Edmonton first, and then and then Calgary, and then sometimes it's the other way around. So, well, there's it's a definite advantage, obviously, for the the team that gets the second of the back to back. Well, if they're back to back, if there's a day off, though, it's different, right? Like you said, oh, sometimes absolutely. there's a day in between. Yeah. Although I, the Oilers have a fantastic record in the second of back to back games. Yeah. So it's not it's not like it used to be. This year, yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Okay, thanks, Brian. Uh, Rocket and Jason still coming up. Oilers win 6-4. It's Heartland 4 overtime open line. Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Get to center ice for Nugent Hopkins. In over the Seattle line, left wing to Eckholm. Rims hard on the right. Dreisaitl pulled it off the boards. Good job to keep it in. Tanev was on him. He comes down the right wing. Goes to the right wing corner. To McDavid on the left side. The blue line for Ekholm. Bring it to the middle of the ice. Now to McDavid. He'll pull it down the left wing. Scores! Connor McDavid under the pad of Jones. What a shot. A power play goal. What a shot. Oilers up. 6-3. They win 6-4. McDavid is 58th. Uh, well, was a good shot. Jones helped by lifting, lifting his up leg. his pad <laughs> to give McDavid a little bit to uh, shoot out. Yeah, the Seattle goalies, uh, both Grubauer and Jones. Grubauer wasn't pulled. We think he hurt something because he just he left, left on during his a own. commercial break. Either that so. or he'd had enough. He, <laughs> he's going home. Uh, Oilers win 6-4. A couple quick calls here before we sign off. We got Rocket. Go ahead. Hey, it was three goals on ten shots. On, on Grubauer, <laughs> yep. Grubauer. But, Rob, you're absolutely right about parents. I have a 30-year-old son. He has a five-month-old now. 
And all we used to do in the backyard was I'd, I'd feed him and he'd take one-timers, whether it was a hockey stick or a lacrosse stick. And that's, uh, you're absolutely right. That's what parents do. They don't focus on the passing. But what a pass by Dreisaitl to spring, I think it was. Oh, yeah, for that's his, a good point. It was a backhand pass too, wasn't that it? That was Back- a yep. backhand sauce, like two, you know, basically half the distance of, uh, you know, the ice. Right on the tape, it was it was absolutely incredible. Uh, a lot of you know, this was a, a very sassy game. Like the the Seattle Kraken, they they play a tough game. This was a great win for the Oilers. And like you said, Rob, not every game's seven two and pretty. And the fact that there's three guys that I want to mention before I drop the mic here, and that's Yamamoto got on the board injured. Kane coming back gets a hat trick and Hyman pumping one in for the boys too. So there's three very valuable players I think that just came through and you know you got Drysaddle with three assists, uh, Nugent Hopkins chipped in with one, so he's he's on my favorites list because I want to see him get to 100. But uh, uh, just your thoughts on that before uh, I go and you guys have a great weekend. Uh, the Oilers are a deep team. Uh, they're deep up front. They got a bunch of different guys that can put the puck in the net. You can't make a mistake against the Edmonton Oilers. And I think teams are finding that out. You can be out playing them, but if you make that one mistake, if you cough it up, they're going to make you pay. And if you don't have uh, good goaltending, you're not going to beat the Oilers. You need good goaltending to beat Edmonton. All right. Uh, final call of the afternoon is going to go to Jason. Jason, thanks for calling. Uh, thank you guys so much for fitting me in. Longtime Ched fan and Oiler fan. Quick statement and then a question for Rob. Um, I I witnessed uh, Dave Dryden as an Oiler and Mark Messier as a Cincinnati Stinger. Um, the only thing that I find about the Oilers, I, I usually have a couple of heart attacks per game, and it's always when we get the puck within five feet of our own blue line, we're about to get it out, we cough it up, and they score. Anyways, that's my two, three heart attacks per game. I wish we could improve. <laughs> well, on that's that. what we said was a was an issue today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and my second question is: I moved to Kamloops in 1984, end of the summer, and I used to listen to NL 610 when the Kamloops <laughs> Blazers were kicking butt. And there was a Rob Brown and a Greg Hoggood on that team. That's the only names I can remember to this day. But was that you, Rob, on that Blazer team? Yeah, that was me. I, 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 me and Hoggy played four years together in Kamloops, and I do remember right. NL610. Right. Some great games back then, man. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. You guys, Reed, Rob, Bob, the whole gang, uh, appreciate it. Thanks, thanks a lot. Yeah, appreciate that, Jason. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, thanks for calling. Okay, victory for the Oilers. Rob, have a good evening. Enjoy the rest of your uh, twi- – well, Ben's not here, right? Ben's not here. But he will be out in with a your bar daughter tonight. tonight. Okay. I'm going home right now for cake. Cake, cake time for Rob. Okay, yeah. Evander Kane gets the cake. Hat trick for him. Oilers win 6-4 in Seattle. Our next game broadcast presented by Friesen Brothers is Monday, 6 o'clock face-off show. Puck drop at 7.30. Oilers host the San Jose Sharks. Get more on this game on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Third period is underway. First minute in Charlottetown. Golden Bears leading PEI 3-0 in the semifinal. UNB awaits in the championship game 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. That's Mountain Time. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this afternoon. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers take it 6-4 over the tentacles.